Welcome back, everyone, to the Men on a Mission podcast. I'm your host, Brad Richard, and shortly we will be starting our next episode. We will be providing you tools, resources, and information that you can use to make your life just a little bit better. But before we do that, let's honor our country, and then we'll begin the podcast. Welcome back, everyone, to the Men on a Mission podcast. I'm your host, Brad Richard. Tonight is episode 61, and I have a special guest with me tonight, Scott Miller. He is going to be talking tonight uh, about leadership and sharing uh, some transformative insights from our greatest minds and the, uh, the master mentors uh, that are out there and, and walk among us. So I want to tell you a little bit about Scott. Um, just to kind of give you a short bio, and then we're going to bring him online with us. Uh, capping a 25-year career where he served as a chief marketing officer and executive vice president of business development, Scott Jeffrey Miller currently serves as Franklin Covey's senior advisor on thought leadership, leading the strategy and development of the firm's Speakers Bureau, as well as the publication of podcasts, webcasts, and best-selling books. Scott also hosts uh, On Leadership, which is his podcast with Scott Miller, the world's largest and fastest growing leadership podcast, reaching more than 6 million people weekly. Well, you have, you have, uh, you, you have one up on me. <laughs> In addition, uh, Scott authors a leadership column for Inc.com and is the best-selling author of the Mess to Success series, as well as the author of the book we're going to talk about tonight, Master Mentors. So welcome to the Men on a Mission podcast, Scott, and I believe you're with me. Uh, nice to have you. Brad, thanks for inviting me. I appreciate the spotlight and the platform. Let's take a moment and on behalf of everybody here in Utah, where I'm calling in from and joining from Salt Lake City, thank you to all the men and women that protect our country and our allies. Thank you for your service. We appreciate your um, selfless contribution to freedom and democracy and to all that is right with this world. So from the bottom of my heart and that for my wife and my three sons, I appreciate everyone and everybody that's supporting those in the military. Um, you are everyday heroes and thank you for your selfless contribution. Thank you so much. I know my listeners will appreciate that. Uh, I'd like to start off uh, 
the gist or the the focus of the Men on a Mission podcast is all about leadership development and leadership skills. Uh, once we get past uh, uh, the traumas that uh, that veterans uh, experience with PTSD and traumatic brain injury and things of that nature, uh, we are we really want to hone in on their leadership seed. I believe all veterans have that leadership quality that's built into their DNA. So tell the listeners, uh, we'll start off in this segment, uh, tell uh, the listeners a little bit about yourself, your background, uh, you know, more than what I just uh, read in the bio. And so if you can go ahead and let the listeners know a little bit about your background. I know that you've worked with some pretty big names, some pretty big mentors that are out there and uh, feel free to drop some big names if you want, perfectly fine. And so I'm going to turn it over to you and I'm going to mute myself in case there's any background noises that I don't want. And uh, go ahead and tell us a little bit about uh, Scott Miller. Well, thanks, Brad. So I've spent the better part of my 30-year career in leadership development, obviously working for the world's most influential leadership firm, Franklin Covey, founded by the famed Dr. Stephen R. Covey, who, of course, wrote the seminal and incomparable book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, served as an executive officer there and the chief marketing officer. As you mentioned, I'm privileged to host what is the world's largest weekly leadership podcast called On Leadership with Scott Miller, where I've interviewed some of the greatest minds in the world and some of the most dedicated people to leadership, people like Dan Pink and Seth Godin and Susan Cain, Liz Wiseman, Doris Kearns Goodwin, General McChrystal, Matthew McConaughey, and others of all walks of life that have a perspective on leadership. I've made a lot of mistakes along the way. I've written many books about leadership. As you mentioned, I write a column for Inc. Magazine each week, and I've hosted a radio program on iHeartRadio called Great Life, Great Career. Uh, I host a book club for bookclub.com called Effective Leadership. And uh, through my four years with the Walt Disney Company and then 20, almost seven years with the Franklin Covey Company, I've learned a few things along the way and been privileged to have been mentored by some of the greatest minds in the world. My most recent book is Master Mentors, 30 Transformative Insights from Our Greatest Minds, where I plucked out my favorite, most influential interviews from the On Leadership podcast and published this book, the first of 10 in the series. There'll be 10 volumes of master mentors, one each year for the next nine years. So I'll culminate with 300 mentors, 30 each book in each year. And delighted today to share some of the wisdom and insights from those people that have entered my life as well. Wow, that, that is a, uh, that's an undertaking. So you have nine more years to go, right? Uh, well, I hope I've got like 40 more years to go, but at least on the podcast and the book, I also am privileged to launch a new podcast in January called C-Suite Conversations with Scott Miller, where I interview very famous CEOs, CMOs, CTOs, CIOs, CHROs, CFOs about what it's like to be in the C-Suite and what are the leadership lessons they've learned along the way, including their successes and their failures. Uh, yeah, I was referring to nine more years of, yes, of intensive <laughs> interviews with mentors around yes. the world, right? Yeah, well, it's a privilege. <laughs> it's a privilege. I'm looking forward to it. Yes, that's uh, I, I, I'm looking forward to volume, you know, two and beyond. So <laughs> I have the, 
I have the first one here. I believe it's the first one or maybe the yes, second. Yes, that's right. You have volume one, correct? Uh, the Master Mentors. You mentioned General Stanley McChrystal. And uh, along with your book, um, your publisher put together a, a uh, it's basically a deck of cards with a little insight from each of the mentors in the book. And uh, you can basically carry these cards with you. And at any given moment, you can pull out a card and you can uh, read a, a, a transforming yeah. In, yeah, yeah. insight uh, from that mentor on that card. And so it, I, I found myself going through the deck uh, of the cards and pulling out a different mentor and reading the uh, uh, transformational insight that's on the card and the question that's on the card on the back. And uh, it just kind of sets my mind right for any given day. So I think the deck of cards that, that accompany the book is just awesome. I did pull out um, General McChrystal's card. He is master mentor number 10, be on the right side of history. And I just want to read for the listeners uh, what's on the back of General McChrystal's card. It says, you are leaving a historical legacy, whether you're conscious of it or not. Make the choice to be on the right side of history now before you are forced to be a casualty on the other side later. The question on the back of his card, if a historian were chronicling your decisions, what might you pause and do differently? That's a loaded, a loaded question, but uh, it kind of takes us into uh, when it comes to veterans, uh, General McChrystal knows very well about leadership and about making good decisions and bad decisions. And um, tell me a little bit about the interview with him and, and what did you gain uh, from your conversation with him? Well, first, uh, McChrystal is, I think, an American hero. He constantly asked me to call him Stanley, which, of course, I refuse. And he continues to ask me to call him Stanley and I refused because I think um, all of the members of the armed forces deserve, deserve to be uh, entitled to a level of respect, of course, commensurate with their rank and their service. And so I appreciate the general as an American hero. He is a class act. He's a gentleman. He's very vulnerable and thoughtful. He shares successes and his setbacks equally with you know humility and confidence. He uh, shares a particular story in the podcast and in the book that I write about around his relationship to Robert E. Lee and a particular picture that he had hanging in his home for nearly 25 years that was a gift from his wife, Dr. or rather General McChrystal, of course, went to Robert E. Lee, I think it was elementary school and lived in Lee Barracks at West Point and was a, was a, uh, 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 he was real fond of uh, Robert E. Lee's patriotism and his competence. He, of course, understands the massive controversy around, you know, racism in the South and continued issues around that. And I'll let you read the story. But eventually, after a lot of prodding and, of course, a quite horrific incident in Charlottesville where a white supremacist rally and neo-Nazis actually brought shame, I think, and dishonor to that community where a counter-protester died. McChrystal, who lives in that area, um, after some prodding from his wife, um, eventually took that picture down of Robert E. Lee. And threw it in the garbage without any fanfare or public display of, you know, talking about what he'd done. He wrote about it in his book, but beyond that, you know, didn't. And, and uh, we talked about what that meant and, and why General Lee was an icon and a hero to him and 
what it meant to take that picture down because he and his wife did not want anyone coming to their home to think that in any way, General McChrystal, you know, was not a supporter of social justice and of people be, being treated fairly and equitably and, um, and all that comes with that hap what happened in the last couple of years in our country. And so to me, the transformational insight was, you know, are you on the right side of history? Whether it means how you're voting, how you're raising your children, how you're treating your spouse, how you're recovering perhaps from some trauma or, you know, selfless service. Are you thinking about your position in the pandemic and vaccinations and all that happens that we're faced with daily? And are you open to change your mind? Are you open to be influenced by someone who perhaps sees things radically different than you do? I think it was Abraham Lincoln that said something like, you know, I dislike that man. I should get to know him better, end quote. And I just think there's a, a time in our country where you can disagree with someone and still like them. You can disagree vehemently with their political views or how they view the vaccines or the pandemic or a law or some social issue and still like them and respect them. I think what McChrystal is teaching us, General McChrystal, pardon me, is teaching us is that we should all be open to be influenced by other people and recognize that we don't have the truth. None of us have the complete mindset or a right paradigm about any particular one thing. And as we mature and age and settle down and you know, recover from setbacks and gain some successes in life that each of us likely would choose to change our mind if we're open to be influenced. I heard something once, Brad, that I think is profound. And it was, everything in life is black or white until it impacts someone we love. And I think that's a great statement to remind ourselves when we're just like entrenched on a topic and we're just like belligerent and we see it only one way until that issue comes close to home. And perhaps it did come close to home for a lot of us. We're often willing to change our mind. Absolutely. I love the Abraham Lincoln quote. <laughs> yeah. That, uh, that is so powerful. And when we are, you know, as I've had other guests on, uh, when it comes to leadership and veterans, the, the thing that kind of resurfaces and that we're, we're looking at, you know, helping veterans get through uh, several different issues that they, that they may have through going through, and we're going to talk about the book in the second segment, but with the interviews that you have done, pertaining to leadership, what are some of the stepping stones to, to walk the path of leadership development when an individual, a veteran, a soldier is dealing with traumatic brain injury or PTSD or suicide ideology or alcohol, uh, alcoholism uh, or drug addiction? What you know, steps have you kind of gathered talking to so many different mentors that are out there um, when it comes to getting them started on that path? It's a heavy question, isn't it? I'm mm -hmm. not certainly qualified from a clinician's point of view. I'm not a therapist. I'm not a mental health counselor. I'm not a physician. What I am is a leadership practitioner. So I'll answer it from the lens of a podcast host and someone that struggles also with being a great leader myself. Not, not having experienced any of the horrors that many of your listeners and subscribers perhaps done in service to our nation. I mean that genuinely and authentically. I've learned a few things along the way. One is 
You know, there's a woman named Dr. Susan David. She's a Harvard Medical School psychologist. She wrote a seminal book called Emotional Agility. I think it's a great book to read. In essence, in this book, Dr. David, who has an amazing TED Talk, so I encourage your listeners and subscribers to Google Dr. Susan David and watch her, her TED Talk. She talks about how important it is for all of us on our own leadership journeys to differentiate between facts and our emotions and our opinions and our feelings. And that oftentimes our brains lie to us, especially when perhaps we have you know, suicidal thoughts or bouts of depression or anxiety or crippling trauma recovery, that our brain lies to us. We shouldn't always believe what our brain is telling us. Sometimes we have to take a time out. We have to ask ourselves, is this true or not true? Is this factually true or am I just feeling this way? Are these my emotions and my opinions and my feelings? Both are equally as important, but facts are facts and emotions are emotions. And sometimes we have to step away and step back and ask ourselves, am I seeing this in perspective and step further back? And really, am I seeing this accurately? Would it be helpful to get someone else's perspective on this? I'll tell you, a dear friend of mine is Dr. Daniel Amen. He also is one of the master mentors, as is Susan David. Dr. Amen is one of the world's most renowned neuroscientist brain imaging experts and psychiatrists. He has a series of nine Amen clinics across the nation. And he's a real evangelist for recognizing that not every thought you have is true, that your brain kind of gets its jollies sometimes from lying to you and seeing if it can tempt you into certain things. That seems kind of counterintuitive because your brain is there to actually help you survive and to protect you from anxiety and flight or flight, flight or fight. But especially people who've experienced head trauma or head damage or brain damage, or any kind of brain imagery where or, you know injury where your prefrontal cortex is either over or underproducing or your hippocampus or whatever it is that's happening in your brain. You know, I think what most people don't realize is that your brain is the consistency of jello and tofu, pudding, and it's encased in this hard skull. And that when you have any kind of brain injury, there's no possible way that you can have rational thoughts all the time, or you don't have issues that you're facing. And this is a leadership moment to think about how important it is if you're struggling, if you're not seeing things accurately, or perhaps you've got a, um, a, a temper or a fierce level of anxiety, or you're lashing out, it probably isn't you or your personality. It's your brain that perhaps is suffering from some damage. And not only is there no shame, there's great honor in getting help. You should treat your brain the same way you would treat your high blood pressure or your blood sugar or a sprain in your ankle. So I am no expert on mental health, but let me tell you that a path to leadership is making sure that you're taking care of yourself, that ladies and gentlemen, especially gentlemen, listen up. There's this thing called self-love that is not to be dismissed. The most important relationship in your life is your relationship with yourself and speaking to yourself positively, not being your biggest critic, but being your biggest champion. Heck, if you don't champion you, who will? If you don't love you, who will? And perhaps easier said by Scott Miller on a podcast with Brad. But let me tell you, take some time out. Talk to a therapist, talk to someone else in your life, talk to a buddy and recognize that vulnerability is a leadership competency. Just like reading a PL, just like interviewing and hiring and firing people and getting stuff done, vulnerability is a leadership competency. 
So do not ever be afraid to share your story and talk about your struggles and your fears and your nightmares and your anxiety. That is a path to leadership because when you're willing to demonstrate vulnerability, you make it safe for others to do the same. Especially perhaps you men out there that perhaps you know are seen as larger than life or tougher than nails. When you're willing to let your guard down and talk real about your struggles, that is the very definition of leadership. That is so good. And believe it or not, that is the perfect segue to our first break, <laughs> our one and only break. And I'll just kind of let that sink in. Uh, I'll let the listeners take that in. And to just make a comment on that, and then we're going to go to a, a quick break. And when we come back, um, we'll continue uh, speaking with Scott Miller. And when you said that, you know, that is a leadership um, characteristic or a leadership trait, some of the greatest leaders that are out there, whether it be in the military or, or in the civilian world, they have been to the bottom and they've climbed to the top. And, and to do that without self-love and self-understanding and um, self-actualization is, is almost impossible to, you know, to, to achieve that and, and, to, uh, and, and to come out uh, swinging you know, and, and moving forward. So uh, well said, well said. That's, yeah, great point. And uh, we're going to just take a short break and then we're going to come back with uh, our second part uh, and so just stay with us. Uh, I want the listeners to hang in there. Uh, we are speaking with Scott Miller. He is the author of the book, Master Mentors. And uh, we're going to have Scott's website in the show notes so you can connect with Scott and check out the massive amount of information on his website. Uh, you're involved in so many great things. So we'll put that in the show notes. Hang in there and we'll be right back after a short break. Welcome our new sponsor, Scars and Stripes Coffee Company. They empower veterans to build their own business using their e-commerce platform. When you purchase from Scars and Stripes Coffee, you are buying from a veteran, and your purchase directly impacts the men and women who have served our country. Do more than say, thank you for your service. Order today and empower a veteran. Use vet code Brad Richard at scarsandstripescoffee.com that's scarsandstripescoffee.com welcome back everyone to the men on a mission podcast we are speaking with scott jeffrey miller he's the author of the book master mentors along with a uh me help me out scott mess well my other series is called mess of success so my first book <laughs> in that series was management mess to leadership success and the second book was marketing mess to brand success and soon to be releasing is job mess to career success communication mess to influence success and six others in that title because there's also a 10 book 10 year deal with that publisher as well wow your publisher must own like some serious forest land <laughs> well, hopefully people are also reading it in uh, digital format and listen to an audio and all of my books will soon to be released in video format as well. It's a new version that's coming out. You can watch my books in an hour long video beginning in January of 2022. Oh, that's incredible. That, uh, that takes the audio book 
experience to a whole new it level, does. right? Stand by, stand by. <laughs> the, the company is called Lit Video, L-I-T, litvideobooks.com. And my master mentors books will be part of their winter release, but they're doing an amazing thing. It's a whole new publishing genre for people who perhaps don't read well or dyslexic or don't enjoy reading the printed word. These are people that are actually catering to visual learners, which I think most of us are. And so if any of your listeners are interested in, in, in watching a book, visit litvideobooks.com. Yeah, that's very exciting. We are going to talk about the book in, in some detail in the second segment of the, you know, the first segment. We, uh, we, we covered a lot of things uh, when it comes to leadership. And, and tonight we are talking about leadership and leadership development with Scott Miller. Uh, he has interviewed literally hundreds of, uh, of very influential and, and, and uh, very powerful people in his podcast and throughout his business career. Um, in his first book, Master Mentors, there are 30 mentors that are featured in that book, and he will be doing nine more books uh, with approximately 30 mentors in each one. So that's 300 mentors, a 10 book series. So it, it definitely is a one-stop shop when it comes to, to mentoring. <laughs> you, you can find your mentor uh, definitely somewhere in one of his volumes in one of his books. So can I share a thought about that? Absolutely. Brad? Absolutely. I think that's an important point you mentioned is that you don't have to know your mentor. I'm actually writing a book for HarperCollins on mentoring, how to become a mentor and how do organizations formalize that. But let's be real clear that mentoring can be formal or informal. But most of my mentors in life, I never met. They didn't know I existed. They perhaps they had a radio program that I listened to on air for years or read their books. You don't have to know your mentor to be in a relationship with them. And so as your listeners are thinking about how to be mentored, how to transition back into the civilian sector, or perhaps in leadership roles in an organization, I don't think you have to, you know, call up a chief marketing officer or a, you know, business executive to have them mentor you. Start reading books and listening to podcasts as you are now and find people who have forged a path, perhaps even a path of transition from the corp or from a military world to the corporate life or an entrepreneur or a, a side hustle. Don't let your paradigm of a mentor be limiting. Yeah, that, that point uh, just basically popped up a question in my head. When it comes to leadership or mentoring, when people are struggling with with uh, psychological or physical issues within their lives, what what is your opinion on the power of association and surrounding yourself with 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 people that are experiencing similar pains and similar challenges? Well, again, in full disclosure, you know, I'm not a mental health counselor or even remotely qualified to answer that from a a clinical perspective, but I can answer it kind of colloquially. Can I answer it through one of the master mentors in the book? Absolutely. Good lead in. <laughs> so the first mentor is a man named Nick Vujicic. He's Australian by birth and American by choice. And he's well known as a leadership uh, speaker. He's a prolific author. See, Nick was born with no arms and no legs. He has no limbs. He's lived his entire life with a head and a neck and a torso and a, and a, and a waist, but he has 
no arms and no legs. And I interviewed Nick as the hundredth guest on our podcast, and he and I became fast friends and have been to my home on numerous occasions. And what I've learned from Nick is the power of gratitude for wanting what you have and for making the best of every situation. Now, I don't claim for a moment to be able to relate to or identify some of the horrors and trauma and after effects of being in service and working in war, fighting in war. But I'll tell you an insight that I've learned from Nick that I think is helpful for everyone who is listening, regardless of your circumstance. And that is this concept of living your life through the lens, not of I have to or I ought to, but rather I get to. I get to take out the garbage. I get to go to physical therapy. I get to sleep in a bed tonight. I get to eat top ramen tonight because I have some top ramen. I get to have a high courage conversation with a friend of mine. Hopefully I get to receive VA benefits. I think there is great power, liberating power, and recognizing those of us that have lived our lives for good reasons, perhaps, or sometimes maybe bad reasons of living through the lens of I have to do something or I ought to do something, but that I get to do something. I get to pay one-tenth of my visa bill this month. I get to put $6 of gas in my car. I don't mean it to be glib or trivial, but I think once you begin living your lens, your life through the lens of I get to it has the power of being transformative. And it's Nick Vujicic with no arms and no legs that has helped to instill that in me. And so I offer that up to all those that are listening. If you're finding yourself at a difficult crossroads, perhaps an unrelatable crossroads to many people, do your best to reframe everything you do tonight or tomorrow, and perhaps even the next day through, not I ought to, or I have to, but I get to. I think it will have hopefully a profound impact on you as it has on me that's that kind of takes you know positive mental attitude uh, to a whole new, whole another level <laughs> when it when it comes to that um it, it's it's i know it's difficult i you know i i'm a vet veteran myself um i was fortunate that i did not serve during wartime i served from uh, 81 to 88 and those were some good years for our country and uh you know, but I, with the veterans that I work with and that, that I've spoken with, it's a leap for some of them yes, to, of to think of themselves as anything other than I was a soldier. I, I served my country. And now that I'm done serving my country, that's it. There's really nothing, you know, that's, that's who I, that's who I was and looking forward to who they are now or who they want to be is really a challenge is really a challenge for them because um, so much of, of who they are was left behind. It makes perfect sense. And I validate that. I honor that. I give truth to that. That is a struggle. That's that I, it's, a, it's an unrelatable struggle for me. So I think sometimes Brad, it's best to own that and be comfortable saying that and kind of work through that. And each of you will accelerate to your new you at a different speed at a different rate. Not everyone will do it at the same speed. So don't let someone else tell you to get over that or move on. At some point, you have to think, you know, do you have a victim mentality, perhaps for a good reason, but is that victim mentality holding you back from becoming the person you deserve to be and who you are 
going to be? I'll tell you, Dr. Stephen R. Covey, who founded the Franklin Covey Company, he wrote this book, of course, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. This book has sold nearly 50 million copies. It's transformative for everyone. But Dr. Covey will tell you that, you know, for many of us, our job in life is to uncover our mission, detect our mission. Let me tell you something else that I think complements that. I interviewed Stedman Graham. He's one of the 30 master mentors in volume one. Stedman Graham is a very famous and accomplished entrepreneur and author from the Chicago area. Your listeners might know him best as Oprah Winfrey's 30-year life partner, otherwise known as her husband. <laughs> and Stedman taught me a lot about the power of identity. Most of us spend our lives fulfilling an identity that others have placed upon us. Typically our parents or our caretakers, our guardians, maybe it was your first teacher or principal or headmaster or ra rabbi, priest, minister, imam. And what Stedman talks about is stop fulfilling the identity that someone else placed upon you. And instead choose for yourself your own identity and go fulfill that. And to the extent that that insight helps any of your listeners think about, you know, your identity as a soldier is right and true and accurate. And that may or may not be your future identity. It may be time for you to explore what is my next identity and how can I go fulfill that without leaving what made me great as a soldier behind? Certainly those can both coexist. And we're not limited to to one identity for our for the duration of our life, or of even our life. one at a time. That's right, right. I have an identity as a father. I have an identity as a husband. I have an identity as an entrepreneur, as an author, as a speaker, as a pod. I have many different identities that I fulfill, perhaps in different roles in different times of the day. Absolutely, and finding your next identity really involves the self understanding, the self love and establishing who you are and, and what role are you going to play in that identity moving forward. So it, it, it really is a mission, a personal it mission. Is. And it's not clear for as heck, it's clear as dirt, right? It's clear as mud or what the phrase is. <laughs> um, I, I don't know that I would have ever detected my mission when I was single. I was single until I was 41, Brad. I got married at 41 and my wife and I had three sons in five years. Don't do that, by the way. That's like, you know, <laughs> a nightmare, three boys in five years. But my identity now is very much centered around being a father and being the best father I can be and helping launch these three young gentlemen in a world that is not full of gentlemen. And so your identity also changes with your roles. Be, be easy on yourself, be forgiving, be kind to yourself. Be proud of what you've done and recognize that your next journey may have uh, a very different path than your previous journey. I'm, I'm also learning to forgive myself and be kinder to myself as well. I don't know about you, but I, uh, I have that self-criticism characteristic. Um, some people call it OCD, <laughs> but I can be Probably very- Probably because we're all high performers. And yes. high performers tend to hold ourselves to sometimes extraordinary, unrealistic expectations. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Um, uh, you know, like, like everyone out there, you know, if I could only have 26 hours in a day, if I could only have 28 hours in a day, then it would be perfect. And that's just never the case. But, uh, but the key, I guess, is to keep moving forward and, and to keep, you know, uh, reaching, reaching for it for sure. 
nicely um, said. We're gonna uh, we're coming coming down to the you know the like the last few minutes of of uh, of the second segment and the podcast. What gave you the idea about you know taking in so much information from interviewing all of these different mentors? They all have different styles. Uh, they're all mentoring in different areas of life. What gave you the idea to put all of all of that content, all of that, you know, PMA, okay, into the first book? I think, Brad, at heart, I'm an aggregator. I'm a pollinator. The fact of the matter is, at age 53, I've probably never had an original thought in my life. That seems harsh and it seems horrifying, but it's probably true for the most of us scientifically. And I'm okay with that. But I think what my gift is, is to help to aggregate ideas and insights and share my own stories around those and how I have perhaps struggled with that idea or succeeded with that and give access to others. So this platform that I have, like you have as well, your podcast, I've chosen to use that to reach as many people as possible and to be a magnet for great minds, whether they are Pulitzer Prize winning authors or four-star generals or business titans or researchers or people that perhaps survived unspeakable trauma. I've interviewed kidnapped victims. I've interviewed plane crash survivors. And so my gift, I think, is to help them share their story and to provide my insight on how you can apply that into your life without hopefully you know, being kidnapped or being wounded in war or surviving a plane crash. And so I wanted the book to take the insights from the podcast a little further. I kind of call it chicken soup for the leadership soul. It's kind of a 2021 version <laughs> of chicken soup. The chapters are very easy and breezy. You can read them in you know four or five minutes. I wrote it for perhaps people who don't love to read, but like I said, it's a very easy book. You can read the whole book in a couple of hours. There's 30 insights from 30 mentors. Read one a day for 30 days, and I think you'll find it to hit you exactly where you are in your life. Perhaps you're recently married or recently widowed or divorced. Perhaps you have you know, gone through a bankruptcy or you have a promotion into a new job. Maybe you're thinking of a side hustle. I guarantee you, if you buy Master Mentors, you'll find a chapter or two or 30 that will hit you exactly where you are on your specific journey in life. Absolutely. I've went through several of the chapters I, and I carry the cards with me uh, I'm during, during the day when I have a little bit of time and I'll pull out a, pull out a card and go, I haven't read this one. And, and uh, it, you know, and I can connect to several, uh, several of the, of the uh, chapters and several of the, the mentors. Do you think when it comes to self-help or leadership development, there is such a, um, huge amount of help out there do you think people kind of find it difficult to hone in on one particular train of thought or one particular uh golden nugget because there you know the, the world of self-help is so huge uh globally and you can listen to the Zig Ziglar's and the Tony Robbins and um, Les Brown, Lisa Nichols, on and on. There's so many places to plug your mind into, okay? Um, what have you gotten personally? What, what have you taken in uh, 
from the mentors that you've spoken with to kind of um, narrow that, narrow that search. Cause I, I think we're all, I think we're all trying to be our own mentor to get to the place of mentoring ourselves. Well, I think you're right. I think the sea is awash. The world's awash, right? In, in opportunities. You got to find the person who speaks to you. You've got to find the person that inspires you, you can relate to, that speaks your language. That's why I love Master Mentors because it's 30 people from very different walks of life. People that are well-known celebrities and people that you've never heard of before that have an interesting insight. So you got to find the right person for you. Listen to a bunch of podcasts, read some different books and find out who resonates with you. I'll make your, I'll make your listeners a deal. If any of you are on LinkedIn, connect to me, follow me on LinkedIn, send me a message that has your shipping address and I'll ship out a complimentary copy of the card deck that Brad has mentioned. 30 cards, it looks just like an actual playing card deck. And if you'd like to connect to me on LinkedIn and tell me, tell me that you heard me on Brad's podcast and I'll ship you a copy of these card decks that might help you find someone that interests you. On the back of each of the card decks is a QR code. And scan it with your phone. It'll take you right to the video interview with each of those individual master mentors. And you might find one of them becomes your informal mentor because they're speaking your language. They're the voice that you need to hear. So my best advice is find the person who's right for you. And if you want a deck of the cards, I'm happy to send any of your listeners that connect to me on LinkedIn and send me their shipping address. I'll send you out a deck complimentary. Absolutely. Thank you, Scott, for, for doing that. Uh, to the listeners, I would take him up on that. that that's a great offer. Uh, I have a, uh, I have a deck of cards myself. I have the book. Uh, I also have a great mug <laughs> that has uh, a picture of one of the men, uh, the master mentors. Nick, Nick Vujicic is on your uh, mug. Yeah. Yeah. I was, uh, I was going to let you pronounce that last name. Yeah. Like, so you know, yeah, here's Nick the best way to pronounce his name. It's kind of like the word voyage, Nick Vujicic. It's tough, right? I think it's mm. Serbian actually, but I'll give you voyage. a pass on it. Voyage it. Nicely done. Nicely done. It's a, uh, it's a great mug. Uh, I'm a, I'm a coffee drinker. So it, thank you, it, Brad. it came in handy. So thank you for, for sending that to me. Um, some, a point that I wanted to, uh, to make as we, as we're wrapping up here, cause we're getting down to the very end. Um, first of all, thank you. Cause I've enjoyed our conversation and we could go for two hours. It's just, I don't have the time and I, and you probably don't either, but, but I really appreciate the insight, the, the passion, um, and I know the listeners are going to benefit greatly, especially when they go to your website and they, they connect with you because you have, you know, so much to offer. Thanks, Brad. Um, something that I wanted to put out to the listeners, and this is something that I personally have, have experienced uh, working with people, and that's kind of a warning or a disclaimer, okay? I have ran across people that have found a mentor and they take that mentor's path and they follow religiously uh and and they and they continue to follow that mentor you know for years and years and years and they they let themselves basically become um they're living their life through their through their mentor and through their mentor success there there has to be a time and, and the warning um that i'm trying to get to is there has to be a separation where you have to separate away from that mentor and act on your own accord. You, you, you can't ride a mentor's coattails, you know, indefinitely. Let me give you an example. I, I ran across someone that is a huge fan 
a huge fan of Tony Robbins. And they have followed him for decades. <laughs> and they have went to every live, you know, live event and they've and and they've done it for years and years and years, but they have not moved on with their life and they haven't identified themselves as their own mentor. They haven't stepped into that role of who they were. It's always outside of themselves. So what's, what's your take on that? Hopefully I made sense, but you know, you, there, you have to cut the cord. I, I think eventually <laughs> I've met several I've met several people the same. They're kind of on an endless quest for self-improvement and right. identify with one guru or one person or another. You're right. There's a time to implement it in your life. Let me tell you, as I write a book about mentoring now for HarperCollins and have gained some expertise on the topic, I think it's important if you are a mentor, not to try to turn your mentee into a mini me version of you is to okay. resist the temptation to share your strengths and your weaknesses and your fears and your passions with them. They are not you. They have their own journey. So as a mentor, and I'm coaching people on how to be a mentor, which I do frequently with large organizational clients, I, I tell mentors, resist the temptation to share your journey. Your job is to help your mentee uncover their journey. Exactly. What is it they're trying to do? What do they want to accomplish? And then to the extent any of your mistakes or successes are helpful for them, then perhaps you can teach them, but recognize they don't have your talents. They don't have your passions. They don't have your income or your legacy. So you're right. I think there's nothing, nothing wrong. In fact, everything right and learning from other people, including people like Tony Robbins. But at some point, you've got to recognize, are you kind of living vicariously through them? Or are, you, are you adapting and adopting some of their life successes into your own? I have no problem replicating other people's learnings into my life. That's called being genius. Right. But the key is you've got to make sure you take the concept and then turn it into behaviors in your own life because your paradigms drive your behaviors and your behaviors drive your results. If you want to change your results, you got to change your behaviors. At the end of the day, all change boils down into behavior change. And your behavior change comes from how you think and how you act. I know we're done with our time, but I hope you're... Uh, listeners have enjoyed the conversation and I look forward to sending out as many decks of the master mentor cards as is possible. Connect on LinkedIn, send me your shipping address. I won't come to your house, I promise, but I will <laughs> ship you a copy of the master mentors deck. And I think you'll enjoy that. Thank you for the spotlight today, Brad. Oh, you're, you're very welcome, Scott. Uh, I want to, I just want to thank you for everything that you shared uh, with my listeners and when it comes to veterans, um, my brothers and sisters in arms uh, or family members of veterans that are listening, I would encourage you to please get the Master Mentors book. Uh, pre prepare yourself to maybe get all 10. <laughs> You'll have to wait a year at a time, but there's going to be 10. But definitely take that first step. Get the first volume of Master Mentors. Uh, take him take Scott up on his offer to get the card deck so you can have access to those uh, one a day or three a day, whatever you'd like, but uh, definitely uh, connect with Scott at his website. It'll be in the show notes and uh, just great stuff. 
I know that uh, the veterans that listen to this podcast, uh, I know they're struggling with a, lo- with a lot of different things, but we are here to help and we are here to uh, help grow that leadership seed within you and to help you get to where you want to be, uh, not necessarily where you are today. So uh, thank you, Scott. We can talk off air. Um, we're going to wrap it up. I'm going to close the podcast like I always do. Remember to love your little me and remember that they need you more than you can imagine. So take care of yourself, love yourself. And until next time, bye for now. Oh,